charmers i want to thank you so much for helping miss charm school podcast grow every like every comment every share on social media when you repost something on your personal page or when you go ahead and copy paste a link and send it to a friend and say hey go ahead and join me in listening to this when you share us from amazon podcast or itunes podcast or soundcloud or even spotify you are helping the charmed community grow and seeing the growth over the past couple of weeks has been absolutely phenomenal i see your comments i see your repostings i see you commenting within the apps where you're listening to this podcast and so i just want to thank you encourage you to keep on spreading the love and the wealth there is so much information out there in today's market we are saturated with information but we are not saturated with truth. And if you find truth in this podcast and you find that this podcast is helping you grow, go ahead and share this podcast, subscribe to this podcast and continue to spread the truth because we so need it in today's world. And thank you. Be sure to join me for the conversation I'm having offline at Sunday Travels just about everywhere on social media. There I pose questions and your answers just may end up right here on the podcast. You also can connect with me at Miss Charm School Pod on Instagram. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the episode. Hey Charmers, hey Charmers, welcome into another episode of You Got It, Ms. Charm School Podcast. I'm your host, Sunday Eli. Thank you so much for joining me again today. You know the drill. For those of you who are coming back, you know what's up. Go ahead and kick off your shoes and relax your feet. Come on in, come on in, come on in. Boy, oh boy, do we have an episode today to get into. I'm so happy that you're here. For those of you who are new, welcome. Welcome to the tribe family. Welcome to the charmed family. Thank you for deciding to go ahead and click this podcast. Just know that if you were divinely led here, then you were led here for a divine purpose. Think not it's strange. Don't take it by accident. There is something here for you. So I want to encourage you to go ahead and take out your pen and paper. Those of you who are returning, you already know, go ahead and take your deep breaths, get yourself centered, grab your libations. You know, I love to infuse water, but I'm just having plain water today. (laughs) And go ahead and get settled in, get settled in because it's time to get into this good work. And I'm also just feeling a little bit led right now to share, to make time for you to get into your good work. Sometimes we are so busy multitasking while we're listening to podcasts or we're listening to the Bible app as we're brushing our teeth in the morning and we're so used to juggling multiple things when it comes to carving time out for ourselves or carving time out for God. And I really want to encourage you to switch that energy. Maybe we shouldn't be thinking about it as carving time out, but maybe we should be thinking about it as really setting aside time If you think of it, many of us don't even sit and have our meals. Like we don't sit down, eat our meals with no distraction, focus on the fact that I'm sitting, there's a plate in front of me and I'm eating. Many of us eat on the go, we eat in our car, we're stuffing our faces as we're going to do something else. We're so like wired (laughs) to do multiple things at once. 
And so I want to encourage you and challenge you this particular podcast episode. Don't multitask. Take your shoes off for real. (laughs) Relax your feet for real. Go somewhere, sit, get grounded, grab a pen and paper. Tune in to this moment. Tune in to what God has to say to you. Tune in to what the Holy Spirit is going to say to you and inspire you and speak directly to that very place in your life that you've been having questions. Sometimes we're missing the nudges that God is giving us in everyday life because we're just distracted with juggling multiple different things. And so I want to challenge you in this particular episode to really get grounded, really get still, and really plug into the moment. Thank you. And for those of you who are new here, welcome. Yes, that challenge goes out to you too. (laughs) Welcome, welcome, welcome. This Charm School podcast is for modern boss babes who are looking to reconnect to their feminine energy their sensuality, and their spirituality. Miss Charm School podcast was created for women who are in transition, those modern boss babes who are in transition out of their womanhood into their queendom. Well, Sunday, what does that really mean? Well, when you're in your womanhood season, which is kind of all your life, but for the sake of this description, when you're in your womanhood season, you're really in me season. Your your decisions only really impact yourself. You can pick up and move and go and do the things that you want to do and you don't really have to think twice about anyone else or your decisions impacting really anyone other than yourself. When you get elevated to a queendom position in life, which I really believe is God appointed, your decisions no longer only impact yourself. Your decisions impact tribes, they impact nations, they impact other people. The words that come out of your mouth actually have the ability to impact somebody else's life and livelihood. And that could manifest in the form of a marriage or a titled relationship or a titled position in your job or a titled position in your business as you start a business and start to hire staff to support you. Or it could be being a caretaker for a loved one or adopting or having a child. It can manifest in many different ways, but when you are being called from your womanhood into positions of queendom, oh, my dear, you better be a boss babe who has re-engaged her feminine energy, her sensuality, and her spirituality, because those things are going to be critical to your joy, to your happiness, to the fulfillment feeling of your life, and to the excellency of you living as a queen to those people around you. Yes, 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 yes. And so here in Miss Charm School podcast, each and every episode, every week, we dive into different spirit-led topics. Shout out to last week's episode. But we dive into different spirit-led topics that the Holy Spirit literally gives me from my own work, my own walk, lessons that really come to me first. (laughs) There's literally nothing on this podcast that has been shared or very little that has been shared on this podcast that I have not personally gone through, worked through, journaled through, cried through. Um, These come from real life experiences. And I realize that there's no university, formal university, formal education, at least I haven't become aware of one yet, where you can get your bachelor's degree in relationships. But we all have to have relationships in this life. 
we all have to deal with other people and we all have to deal with ourselves and we should all be dealing with God as well. And so here on Miss Charm School podcast, we really get into the life work that um, is almost like a school. That's why I called it Miss Charm School, because <laughs> it's a place where you need to be pulling out your journal and your pen and writing things down and going over it and meditating on it and coming back to it. And these are the ways that we become excellent queens. These are the ways that people want to come sit in our garden and learn from us and study from us. And we cause other people to wonder, hey, how can I be a woman of integrity, of grace, of aura, of magnetism like you? And you, my ladies who are listening and men who always listen every week, I'm not sure why, but for you ladies that are here and present, this is your life. You're a magnetic, radiant woman and people want to know what it is, what it is that you've tapped into and what it is that you have that seems to be eluding their life. There's joy all over your face. There's happiness in you that, you know, men are eating out of your palm. You live a wonderful dating life and juicy life. And even for those of you who are married, like you get hit on all the time still, not that you should take the offer, but you just have this radiance about you. And that's because you're doing your work. That's because you're in your prayer closet. That's because you're meeting your life assignments and just think about the next generation coming after you, how enriched they are going to be because you decided to plug in and to lean in into this space. So thank you so much for those of you who are returning and thank you for those of you who are new. We are getting into some juicy, passionate, amazing work here and I'm just so happy, so happy to be used. So happy to be used. In today's episode, ooh-wee, y'all. Okay, that was all nice and sweet introduction Sunday. But in this week's episode, my God, today, (laughs) I am still working through the title, but I have two kind of working titles for this week's episode. And I am in my notes because this definitely came directly divinely from God through me into my notes. And so this week's episode is either going to be titled the displeasure of disappointment or the delusion of disappointment. Mm-hmm. Juicy, right? I know. The displeasure of disappointment or the delusion of disappointment. I'm kind of le- leaning towards delusion of disappointment because of um, our culture right now is really big on delusional girl or delusional world and delulu. I've been seeing it all over TikTok in particular with men being like, Oh no, I'm delusional about you, baby. (laughs) Or girls being like, Oh no, I'm delusional. We go together. So I'm leaning towards the delusion of disappointment, but um, you'll understand why also the displeasure of disappointment is also just as powerful, but God will let me know what, what to do here. Okay. But yeah, so that's what we're working with as a working title for this week's episode. And I literally um, will just walk you through my own personal quiet time with God and uh, a blind spot that I didn't realize. And I had a profound breakthrough that is just so juicy. And I was sharing it actually with my mother And we had a long, like two and a half hour conversation about it. And she was like, oh my God, this is so good. She pulled out her pen and paper, started taking notes, wanted me to walk her through 
the digital or Holy Spirit download that I was given and was like, oh, you got to write another book. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, I, I self-published a book back in like mm, 2015 or something like that. Um, that is not available anywhere, but I have always kind of had on my heart possibly to do another book and uh, maybe this will be the start of something. Who knows? Okay. Okay. But yeah, so I started with the definition of disappointment. And the reason why I was led to this exercise was because I sat with God and I said, God, you know, what am I not getting? What am I missing in relationships? Like, perhaps there's something you want to free me from that I am like not paying attention to. You know what I mean? Like a blind spot. And um, God was almost like, thank you. Finally, let's go. Here we go. Lesson number one. (laughs) So lesson number one is the displeasure of disappointment or the delusion of disappointment. And so uh, I don't know about you. But in your love relationships and even your friendships or even your work relationships or your business relationships, I want to pose the question. Have you ever been disappointed? I would imagine the answer is yes. And if you're really honest with yourself, or even in relationship with your parents, have you ever been disappointed? Most of us, if not 100% of us on this call, can say yes to one of those scenarios, probably many of them. And if you've ever been disappointed, how did you deal with it? How did you get over it? How did you release it? And more importantly, how did you transform it? Because that's the thing. I was sitting with God and God was like, you're angry. (laughs) There's people in your life that you're like, you're harboring this energy towards and the energy is anger. And I was like, well, why am I still angry at people that I thought I let it go? I'm over it. You know, I'm done with it. And it's like, yeah, you're done, but you're still holding on to this like deposit of anger in your body. And the anger just stems from a disappointment. And I thought, okay, simple lesson. Okay, boom, got it. Next, God was like, no, 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 I want you to go deeper. And that's where this starts to get juicy. So I'm going to start with the, I have a definitely, I have a three-step process God gave me. Okay. So God is definitely into like the one, two, three. He is a God of decency and order. And so I have some steps that are just really powerful and profound and going to free you. But I started with the definition of disappointment. So I just Googled disappointment and the definition is sadness or displeasure. There goes that word caused by non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. Ooh, it's getting good already. Because I know where it's going, but it's getting good already. Disappointment. The definition is sadness or displeasure caused by non-fulfillment of one's hopes and expectations. Mm, mm, mm. So I started to look up some of the synonyms of disappointment. And I started to look up some some of the synonyms of um, hopes and expectations. And so some of the other words, or is it synonyms or did I look up antonyms? Yeah, sorry, y'all. 
Let me go back to grade school. I did not look up synonyms of disappointment. I looked up antonyms of disappointment because as I mentioned to you earlier, just maybe two minutes ago, I was like, okay, God, disappointment. Cool. Got it. I've been disappointed. Yep. I've been sad. I've had some displeasure because uh, I'm not married yet. You know, I haven't had the fulfillment of that hope or that expectation or you know what, God? Yeah, let's be real. I have been disappointed from people in my past who failed my hopes and my expectations. Okay. Yep. I've been disappointed, God, with my job because they're overlooking me for promotion and et cetera, et cetera. Or, yep, I've been disappointed even in my career field because I've been going after this type of career field. And now I feel like I don't really know what's going on next. And I put so much time and energy into something. And now it looks like I'm experiencing non-fulfillment of my hopes and my expectations. So as I mentioned to you guys, the goal is to not just be aware but to transform the energy. So I'm like, cool, disappointment, got it. Let's transform the energy. What's an antonym? The opposite energy, the opposite feeling. And so words that are the complete opposite of disappointment are satisfaction, happiness, fulfillment, delight, pleasure, gratification, and contentment. And so I looked that up and I wrote down satisfaction slash contentment is the feeling experience when one's wishes are met okay all right got it got it cool let's move on and so I wrote down after that you don't believe your wishes have been met you won't allow your wishes to be met you haven't identified your wishes and you haven't conveyed your wishes. Ooh-wee, I'm getting like, sometimes when I do these episodes, y'all, I don't want to get too distracted, but I try to keep really still to maintain like the excellency of the audio. And sometimes I get like itchy and different things start happening, but we're not about to let the enemy distract us because this is about to be a powerful episode. So if there's a little bit of noise or background noise or whatever, please forgive me. I'm not perfect and I'm getting like itchy a little bit. So just bear with me, y'all. Okay, moving on. Disappointment, right? Sadness or displeasure caused by non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. So I want you to go ahead and write down some of the disappointments, specifically in love, because that's where I was. That's the area that I was working in. So what are your disappointments that you have in love? And this is for married women. This is for divorced women. My mother is divorced, okay, more than once and found this extremely powerful. So, or you could be dealing with someone in your business or in your job or a friend. I want you to go ahead and write down the disappointments in specifically right now we're doing love. But if your soul is saying, no, I got to write down some current disappointments I'm having with work or with my husband or with my kids, whatever it is, whatever is like screaming to you, like address this, your spirit will immediately tell you now. But I started with the areas of love. So I wrote down the name of people that I've um, dated in the past and I wrote down things that disappointed me in those relationships. And again, the definition of disappointment is sadness or displeasure caused by non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. 
and I just started writing it out. So the first step of the process is actually writing out, getting out of your body onto a piece of paper, out of the metaphysical. The metaphysical is the non-physical world. So your thoughts, thought life, all that, it's, it's a real energy and it's a real frequency, but we're taking it out of the metaphysical and bringing it into the physical world. So you need to write it out, not just talk it out, You need to write it out, put it on a physical piece of paper. What are the things that you have been disappointed by? Where are the areas that you have been non-fulfilled in your hopes and your expectations in dealing with people? Because people are flawed and people fail us and people make mistakes. And so I want you to go ahead and write down some of those disappointments. And so God challenged me to write down three to five significant disappointments specifically in love. Are you writing? I hope you're writing. (laughs) So I started writing down those disappointments. Um, I'm going to go ahead and share some. I can't believe I'm going to do this, but we're going to get transparent about my real, real, real life. So, ooh, just God bless you because God be challenging me to get real, real. Okay, so I wrote down that I have been disappointed by attractive men. I've been disappointed by men with money. Those are two that I wrote down. I'm trying to look for some more. I have been disappointed because I didn't set boundaries. So those are three. I've been disappointed because I didn't set boundaries. I've been disappointed um, by attractive men and I've been disappointed by men with money. So write down five to three significant disappointments that you've had. I was working on the area of love, love relationships. Okay, now I'm going to jump. I'm going to turn a page here because there's a bunch of other stuff that I wrote down here, but that's not what we're going to talk about today. So God challenged me to move past disappointment. And so God was like, okay, you've been disappointed in these areas with these people, but there's another layer behind disappointment. All right. So this is part two. Once you identify the disappointments, you just bring it to the surface. What are the areas that you've been disappointed? For some of you, it could be, you could be in your marriage or you could be divorced and you could be disappointed that it didn't work out. Or you could be disappointed that you're dealing with someone who you feel like is not a communicator and you are a communicator and you guys clash because you're not a mind reader and you don't know what's going on with them and they're not talking to you about it. Some women are saying amen, okay? <laughs> um, some of you just need to get it out. So just get out, put in words on paper, what are the disappointments, three to five, specifically in the areas of love or if you're being called to do another area, fine, but I was working on love as I, as I mentioned. And next, God said, okay, let's go beyond disappointment. And I want you to identify the fear. And I was like, the fear? (laughs) What do you mean the fear? And it's like, well, the disappointment is not really disappointment. Yeah, disappointment is the feeling that you can immediately identify. Oh, it didn't work out. I was disappointed, right? Okay, cool. But beyond the disappointment, God said, there's another layer underneath it. And underneath disappointment is actually fear. And I didn't really fully understand that, but I asked now Holy Spirit to help me explain it to the audience members as they are listening 
and I'm walking through this with you. So God was showing me behind disappointment is actually another layer. It's a layer of fear. And God challenged me to identify what is the fear. So one of the areas that I wrote down that I mentioned to you guys was like, okay, I've been disappointed by attractive men. Okay. And at the time, as I wrote it, that was very real for me. And um, I won't go any further into that, but yes. (laughs) And so God said, go behind that. It's really not disappointment. There's actually a fear that you have. And so I started writing down, well, what have been my fears? My fears have been men with money will be disloyal. Men that are attractive will um, participate in infidelity. And so I started writing down some of those fears. So I want to challenge you now, whatever the disappointment that you're experiencing and those three to five different examples that you wrote down, the first question you need to ask yourself after you write down the three to five things is what is the fear? If you peel it back another layer and you go deeper, because if we stop at disappointment, it's like stopping at the branch of a tree or stopping at the trunk of a tree. But if you go a step further, a layer beyond the trunk of the tree and look and examine the fear, the thing that's up underground that you can't see, you're actually going to identify the root problem. And this is where the powerful transformation comes in because once you can dig up beyond the tree and dig underground with the unseen thing, you can pluck up something by the root and completely transform it into something more powerful that actually serves you instead of fear that is causing you to shrink and live beyond your potential. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. God has come to give you life and life more abundantly. And so fear is actually not yours. It doesn't belong to you. And so I started to write down, like, what are my real fears around some of the things I felt like I've been disappointed in? Well, my fear has been infidelity. My fear has been disloyalty. My fear has been disinvolvement. Um, There could be fear of rejection. And ultimately, I landed on a fear of pain that I haven't dated a certain type of guy because I'm fearful he will hurt me. I expect him to disappoint me. I expect him to disappoint me, a certain type of man, because if I dig one layer behind that, I have a fear that that person would potentially harm me. And if you think about fear, fear is sneaky, right? Like fear can be used positively. Let's say some scary looking animal is getting ready to attack you. Your body can go into fight or flight mode, right? There's a fear feeling, if you will, that rushes your body, that moves you into action. Or sometimes you can have a fear feeling and it moves you, it prompts you to stay still and that may save your life, right? But when we're having these fear triggers in our interactions with other human beings, ooh, we're not actually in any danger of de- of death, <laughs> but we have real fear that grips us. And for me, it was a fear of pain. I'm so fearful that this type of man would hurt me. So I don't even, I don't even look that person's way. I don't even try with that person. I will cut it off with that person. I won't allow that type of person into my life. And some of that may be healthy. Like if you had a bad experience and you dated somebody who was on drugs, okay, I have a fear of what men on drugs or whatever. So you don't put yourself in that situation again. We know the things that are 
um, healthy fears, if you will. But there's some areas that aren't healthy. We could have a fear of rejection. We could say, no, this person's disappointing me. They're, they disappointed me in the past. But if you go a layer back, it could be that you have a fear of rejection. So I want to encourage you to go a layer back, dig beneath the soil and look at it. For me, the example I used was uh, attractive men. And by attractive, I mean like somebody who's like, oh, he, well, I guess we all have different opinions about who's fine. But like, if I felt like any man was too into himself, I immediately was like, nah, I'm good. Immediately. Nah, I'm good. He's too into himself. I don't, I, I don't even have a pulse of attraction towards you because you're too into yourself. But, and some of that could come out of a healthy place of protection, self-protection. But the majority of that comes out of a fear of pain, that if I was to actually open my heart up to that person, that I have a fear that they would hurt me. I can't believe I'm getting that real with you guys in this podcast, but that's very real for me. And God wanted to free me from something that wasn't serving me. Because some of you are praying for things and God wants to give you the answer for it. And God wants to, he's a good God. It says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. That is Psalms 37 verse, verses four and five. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires, the hope and the wishes, hope and the wishes and petitions of your heart. Commit your ways to the Lord and trust him and he shall do it. But disappointment, look at the definition of disappointment. Sadness or displeasure caused by non-fulfillment of hopes or expectations. But Psalms 37 says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires, the hopes and the wishes, the expectations, the petitions of your heart. But so many of us, disappointment and behind disappointment is fear is sucking the gift of your desires being given to you. Psalms 37, chapter 37, verses four and five says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, boom, he's going to give you the desires and the petitions of your heart, the hopes and the wishes of your heart. That's it. Delight, other definitions for delight are fulfilled, gratify, satisfy, pleasure. If you pleasure yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires, the hopes and the wishes, the petitions of your heart. So many of you are praying and God is like, yes, you're delighting yourself with me. Yes, you're spending time in your prayer closet. Yes, you're meditating with me. You're reading your scriptures. Yes, you're doing all these things. Okay, I'm ready to bless her. I'm ready to give her the desires of her heart. He will do it. Verse five says, commit your ways to the Lord. Trust him and he will do it. And we're going around saying, God, I trust you. I know you're going to do it for me. I'm believing, I'm believing, I'm believing. But ooh, disappointment is choking the blessing. And beyond disappointment is a fear. Think of a tree trunk and the tree roots. Sometimes tree roots can go so deep. And there's a fear that's choking the soil. So you're doing the delighting yourself in the Lord. God is like, I promise you, I'm going to give you the desires, the wishes and the petitions of your heart. I promise you, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. I, yes, you're reading my scriptures. You're quoting it. You're quoting it. But I can't get it to you because disappointment. And that's why I said the title of this is displeasure of disappointment or the delusion of disappointment. Disappointment is not protecting you. Disappointment is a smokescreen for fear. And I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, of power and a sound mind. And you have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you have to let go of fear because God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. 
and fear is choking you being able to receive the very thing that you're praying for because God wants to give you the petitions of your heart. But disappointment, which is a smoke screen for fear, is the sadness and the displeasure of the non-fulfillment of one's hopes and expectations. And beyond that, God showed me is a fear. And that fear is choking you from what he's trying to give you in your life. And so for me, the fear was pain, that I had a real pain, that this, I had a real fear that, and you can uh, also, if you're having a tough time identifying the fear, think of a threat. What does the disappointment, it, the disappointment presents a threat. And if you can identify the threat, you can identify the fear. Well, the threat for me, for example, was like, ooh, if I date a fine man, he gonna be getting hit on by other females. It's just going to be too much temptation out here in these streets. He's not going to honor me or be respectful of me or be loyal to me. Where I got this from, I am not sure, to be honest, because, for example, my parents, very attractive couple. And, um, you know, my dad was always a dresser and handsome and tall, 6'2", and looked good and kept himself together and all the things. And as far as I know... My father never stepped out on my mother. Their marriage didn't last, but it wasn't because of infidelity. He was the he was the husband that came home. He was the husband that didn't go out. He was the husband that, you know, didn't even allow alcohol in the house. <laughs> you know, he was that type of man and he honored her in terms of loyalty. That wasn't something that she worried about. So it's not even that I was I wasn't even modeled that kind of behavior but somewhere along the line I adopted and attached a fear a threat of hurt and pain to attractive men I was like oh no they these in in IGGAs I can't date those ones nah Mm -mm. it's too much of a threat of pain it's too much of a threat of hurt and are we gonna go there God yes we're gonna go there And so as a result, I have dated men who are attractive to me, (laughs) but I'll just say like my girlfriends have kind of been like, girl, why are you with him? He don't even look good. Look at you and look at him. I've had so many of my girlfriends tell me that or like, why are you putting up with the BS from him? Like he don't even look good. And I know it sounds very harsh, but I'm just being, I'm really leveling with y'all and I'm really being real. Like, and if my girlfriends are listening to this, they're crackling, cackling and cracking up because they know that's a fact. (laughs) They've said that to me. Lots of them, actually. They've been shocked at some of my choices, but in a weird way, I trusted those men more. I trusted them more for whatever reason. Because of some, well, now I know, because of a fear. I had a fear, I had a threat that if I actually dated someone who I felt like, oh no, we look good as a couple, you know, I had this this fear and this pain that like, no, you ain't gonna be faithful to me. And so, yeah, God wanted to free me from that. And so this is the next part of that. So after you identify the fear, and I hope that you have identified it by now, God gave me this download that when you are in a spirit of fear, most of us 
are already acting. Holy Spirit, help me to deliver this the way that you help me understand it. When we are operating out of a spirit of fear, most of the time, we're not slowing down enough to even recognizing that it's fear. Most of us haven't even taken the time to do the work to even know that it's a fear. It's fear is a, is a it's an emotion that's flooding your body and it's prompting action. That's what God gave me. The fear is prompting action. And instead of stopping to think, we're acting ahead of a thing instead of one slowing down to realize what's going on with my body, communicating, walking through it, and then having a renewed mind perspective. And those are the three steps. I'm going to get into them because I know I went through that quickly. But this is what God gave me. When I act on fear, I create the very thing that I was scared of and or I damage the relationship in the process. I'm going to repeat that. When I act on fear, I create the very thing I was scared of and or damage the relationship in the process. Again, when I act on fear, I create the very thing I was scared of and or damage the relationship in the process. And God also helped me realize that this is a form of an anxious attachment style. So some of us don't even know that it's a fear base. There's a fear base being a silent killer, if you will. They say a heart attack is a silent stress. They say stress is a silent killer. There's this energy in your body that's fear, but you haven't even identified it. I didn't identify it. And when you act on that fear, especially the anxious attachment style personality, when you act on that fear, let's say an attractive man comes into my life and I don't I didn't know at the time that I was operating under a fear that I'm just fearful that this person's going to hurt me for whatever the reason is. And because of that, I'm automatically acting on the fear. I don't talk to the person. I don't give the person my number. I don't know, you know, or let's say for whatever reason I did, I wouldn't have gave them my number. But let's say I did because I'm so fearful of that hurt. I'm either creating the very thing that I'm scared of happening when I act on the fear it's causing me to go through his phone it's causing me to assume that he's cheating anyway how many oh come on tell the truth shame the devil how many of us have been that girl ourselves or have female friends or stories or watch social media or watch television and I have guy friends who told me yeah my ex went through my phone she was always accusing me of sleeping around on her and blah 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 and it's like and she probably knew she got a good man she wouldn't have been with you if she didn't like you at all so on some level, she liked you, she rocked with you, she was with you, but there was a fear that had her so gripped at her core that she's completely unaware of. And because her, of her anxious attachment system, she's automatically connecting to the fear, connecting to the fear, connecting to the fear. And when she acts on the fear, she creates the very thing that she's scared of. The man have, may have never cheated on her, but she went through his phone and saw him text a female friend like me. Not that this happened because it did and I'm making it up. But let's say he texts a female friend and it looks suspicious. So now she's breaking up with him because she created the very thing that she was scared of in her own mind. And even if the man comes back and says, no, baby, you know, blah, 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 blah. This didn't happen like that, whatever. Now the relationship has experienced damage. Because she was acting on fear. 
false evidence appearing real. It didn't even exist, boo-boo. But you made an agreement. There's a pastor in San Diego that says, when, this is Sunday's, I'm mixing Sunday a little bit with him. But he's like, there's so many of us that are making contracts with the enemy. The enemy stands before God accusing the brethren, accusing believers. For those of you giving your life to Jesus Christ, the enemy sometimes stands before God, or they said all the time stands before God accusing the saints. Well, he did this and she did this and she did that and she did this. And there's times when God has to say, I rebuke you, Satan. That's my child. Okay. So when we out here doing all the accusing us, accusing us, he's an accuser. He's an accuser of the brethren. The enemy is. And thank you for God who's like, I rebuke you. That's my child. I don't remember their sins anymore. When you ask for forgiveness, God's like, what what accusation? My my books are clear on them. I don't see no accusations. Hallelujah. Okay. But when we're acting on fear, again, a the enemy is like a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion. Or if you think of the scripture, that's like no weapon formed against me shall prosper. It doesn't say the weapon won't form. It just says it won't prosper. The enemy is like a roaring lion. A roaring lion can be terrifying. So it looks like a roaring lion. The weapon is formed and it looks like it may fire. And so there may be a fear that comes over you. But the reality is he's like a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion. The weapon may form, but it's not going to prosper. So you don't have to. There is no real fear that you need to be having. You can't be trying to lean into a love relationship operating from a spirit that God didn't give you. If God is love and love relationships are supposed to be an earthly reflection of the heavenly father's love relationship with us, then we literally cannot operate in fear. It's counterproductive. And so when we are operating in fear, we are agreeing, we are making a contract with the enemy that says, I believe your report more than the report of the Lord. And that's a very churchy statement. So let me try to break that down. When we agree with fear, when we act, that's a thing. To me, the enemy, help me, Holy Spirit, to say this correctly. When fear comes up and it's a false evidence appearing real, real fear, when it's a, um, a smoke screen, if you will, from the devil. It's trying to, or evil energy, however you want to describe it. It's trying to get you to act. Because God's blessings for you is that if you delight yourself in him, he's going to give you the desires of your heart, your hopes, your petitions, your prayers. Simple. So the enemy can't do anything to keep you from getting the desires of your heart. The only thing he can do is to get you to agree with him and so many of us, myself included, guilty, have been agreeing simply because of the threat of something that could hurt us, the threat of rejection, the threat of pain, the threat of hurt. And some of you could say, well, Sunday, we do experience hurt. It's, it's ridiculous to think that as a human being, I'm never going to experience hurt in this life. Okay, true. We do go through painful things in this life. But don't take yourself out of the game with a fear and a threat of something that doesn't even exist. <laughs> so many of us are taking ourselves out of the game because we're fearful of, for me, infidelity. If a man looks good, he's going to cheat on me. <laughs> so I'm not even going to date you to even give you the opportunity to disappoint me. And then go ahead and date in these knuckleheads in my past, okay, <laughs> that I've experienced disappointment because they were playing games. 
and I created the very thing that I was scared of. Now, the face was different and maybe I had more confidence that this person wouldn't do me like that. But then if that person ended up doing me like that, I would be like, are you stupid? Look at you. I would be even more pissed (laughs) because it was like you have the audacity to feel like you're hot S-H-I-T. You're joking, right? You're joking. But I was completely operating. I wouldn't even, I was operating out of a fear. I wouldn't even allow myself to date a certain type of person. I had no concept that they, they could, I had no belief in that. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. I had no belief. I had no faith. I had no faith that somebody that looked a certain type of way. Wow. Talk about super judgmental. I had no faith that if you even looked a certain type of way that you could be faithful to me. And as funny as life is, imagine if you believe like me that we attract people who are mirrors to our own thoughts and ideologies and our own energies. Imagine how many men came into my life who was like, damn, Sunday looks good. Beep, beep, toot, toot. She can't be faithful to me. I'm just going to let it ride as long as I ride, let it ride. But, you know, like there's no way on a deep level I think she could actually be faithful to me. And I feel like loyalty and faithfulness is my middle name. <laughs> but that's it's, it's interesting how life is that that's probably the same energy that I've been silently not even aware that I've been sending out signals. I've probably been attracting people back into my life who feel like, dog, ain't no way she being faithful to you. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. Because of the energy that I was even holding in my body, the fear I was holding in my body, I probably was attracting people who had those same fears and those same insecurities within themselves. Ooh, that's a whole nother level. Y'all, I know y'all are just right now like, I know that was good, okay? I know that was good. So there was something I was going to say, but the Holy Spirit will bring it back to me. So when you act on fear, you create the very thing you were scared of and or you damage the relationship in the process. All right. I would give you the example that my mother gave me, but that's for her life work. So I hope that you are identifying your life work. And then there's not just the ancient attachment style, is there? There's also the avoided attachment style. And so God also showed me that avoidant attachment style people also are acting on their fears when they disengage. God shared with me that when I disengage and I am a person who often disengages, like I said, if somebody I think like really looks good, I don't have any faith. Well, in the past, I didn't have any faith that they would be faithful to me. So I wouldn't even allow myself to talk to them. I don't even allow myself to get to anxious attachment style because I'm not, I'm just going to disengage you. (laughs) So I was like, okay, God, all right, got it. Anxious attachment style. When they act on the fear, they create the very thing they were scared of and they damage the relationship in the process. Okay, cool. And God was like, no, no, no. There's another attachment style, avoidant. And I'm like, well, how is an avoidant person acting on fear? They're not acting at all. And God shared with me, when I disengage, that is still an action on the fear. When I go ghost or when I retreat, which completely deads a relationship, then I'm killing the very thing 
that could have been created. So that's still an action. And inaction is still an action. And inaction to dead something or kill something or unplug it is still an action. It may not be, you know, it's it's a retreat and that's an action. There we go. <laughs> it's a retreat and that's an action. And so you're still agreeing with the fear, even if you feel like you're an avoidant person, avoidant attachment person. No, I'm just going to disengage. I'm just going to think positive and just tell myself that, you know, whatever the foolishness that we tell ourselves, avoiding attachment people, or I'm just not going to deal with it. They're not going to bring it up. I'm not going to bring it up. But the reality is the fear is still operating underneath because you decided to pull back your communication. You decide or myself, I would pull, I would pull back my communication. I would block. Ooh, I would block you in the quickness, boo boo. I would block you in the quickness. And so all of that in that quote unquote inaction, all of that disengaging is still an action and you're still agreeing with the fear. And I believe that's what I was trying to share. There was a pastor that was saying like, there's too many of us that are making contracts with the devil. How are you making contracts with the devil? Because none of us are going around saying like, I want to make a contract with him. I hope not. But you make silent contracts with the devil when you act on your fear because fear is false. Fear is a smoke screen to try to get you to act. And when you act on the fear, that means that you have more faith and belief in the fear than the truth. The truth is you're feetfully and wonderfully made. The truth is if you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. The truth is that God is your protector. The truth is when your mother and father forsake you, that God will take you up. The truth is you don't have a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. That's the truth. And so when we act on fear, whether that's disengaging or cursing somebody out or, oh, you need to tell me when you get whatever the things that I don't know what all anxious people do. But to me, they be loud and chatty and they be having so much to say. And then disengaged people are like, I'm just going to be quiet. Like, I'm not about to get loud. I'm not about to do nothing. I'm just going to retreat. They're going to miss my presence. Both of those are actions. And when you are operating out of fear, you're making a contract with the enemy and that's damaging your relationship. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. God wants to free you from that. So the other attachment style is secure people, correct? Wonderful. And so God showed me that these are the healthy options to transmute the fears that you're operating in in your love life to transmute them to the positive so here are the three steps these are the healthy options the first step is to communicate expose the fear so we did that and at the time as I was going through this exercise I thought it was expose the fear to your partner but God so told me no the first step to healthy options to transmuting this energy, the fear energy into the positive is communicate, expose the fear to God. You need to sit with God. You need to sit with God and you need to get out your pen and paper. You need to expose the fear. You need to write it out. You need to calmly express it. You need to be in a space where you can talk to yourself without people looking at you crazy. You need to get the confidence to talk to yourself, even in front of people, even though they might think you crazy. You need to get 
in a space where you communicate it, move it out of the metaphysical, because that's the thing. Fear likes to lurk in the shadows. Fear likes to lurk underground where the roots of the tree are. You can't see them. All you see is the trunk. And if you keep cutting at the trunk, guess what? The tree's going to continue to grow back because you didn't get it at the root. You have to pluck it at the root. So you need to expose the fear, dig it up, dig it up out of your body, write it out, talk it out, get it out, dig it up. That's the first step. You got to communicate and expose the fear. That's level one. Level two is you got to walk through the fear. You got to recognize that something's coming up for you. Lean into it. Don't lean out. Get still and identify the problem. Sit with God for answers. Now, this is another tactic that um, Holy Spirit revealed to me around exposing the fear. And I was sharing this with my mother. She was like, well, how do you know, like, if something's coming up for you? Most of the time when we're operating under a fear or, you know, disappointment or something like that, and underneath that is a fear, you will feel it in your body. Many of us shut down. You could be fighting back tears. Sometimes it could be as small as holding your breath. Let's say somebody's pissing you off at work and you just start holding your breath. You don't even realize it like, okay. You'd be telling yourself mentally, like, mm, I'm about to go off on this person. Let me hold my breath because I don't know why she moving like that. And, ooh, they being stankin'. You know? You know when you feel it in your body, you start, the tension is rising in your body. Your heart starts to close. Ooh, marriages, ding, ding. Listen up, wives. People who are in your marriages, when you can feel like in your heart, some of y'all pop off. Like, nah, this about to get it today. But some of y'all are more like me. If you're in your marriage and you disengage, well, you know what? He acting at ASS today. All right. Let's see if there's some food on the table when he get home. Okay. He want to act stank and funky and blah, blah, blah. All right. You feel that trigger coming in your body and you say, you know what? Mm, he won't be touching me tonight. And you can feel it specifically in your love relationships. You don't want to be touched by that person. You don't want to be held by that person. You don't want to be kissed by that person. You don't want to be touched. You don't hold my hand. Don't kiss me. I'm not doing nothing nice for you. Some people feel like it's by the grace of God that I'm biting my tongue, but you biting your tongue with stress in your body, holding your breath. You don't want to be touched. You're not relaxed. Your heart is not open. Your ears aren't open. Your heart isn't open. You're closed to that person and to that situation. Your body will always tell on you when something is coming up for you. And so instead of, you know, going into your shell or for those of you who are the opposite, who just start yelling at people and I don't know, I'm just frustrated right now. Leave me the F alone. That's not healthy either. Okay. You could potentially damage the relationship in the process. What God told me, step one is communicate and expose the fear with God. You got to walk through it. Sometimes we don't know what's we don't know that it's a fear operating. So you got to walk through it. So in order to walk through it, you got to recognize that something's coming up. Pay attention to your body. Pay, pay attention to the fact that your heart is closing up. You feel your heart being like, mm -mm. OK, let me calculate my moves. <laughs> That's what I do. I'd be like, mm, no, they want to act a fool. OK, let me calculate my moves because I'm a checkmate you and, and bounce. You're going to be waking up one day wondering what, what the hell happened and I'm going to be long gone. That is your body closing up. And God wants you to lean into that. Don't lean out. Lean into yourself. Get still and identify the problem. Sit with God for answers. And then step three is you need to practice a renewed mindset. 
You need to practice a new perspective. You need to transmute the energy. So as I had kind of mentioned earlier, I looked up antonyms for disappointment. All right. And so I wrote down some that came up for me. I didn't Google these. These are just what I wrote down for myself. So I have a fear of hurt and a fear of pain in my relationships when I'm disappointed or I'm in the dark. This was a specific situation that happened for me recently. When I'm in the dark and I don't know what's going on or I have a lack of enlightenment, that makes me feel disappointed. And if I sit with that disappointment too long and don't explore it, or the problem doesn't get fixed right away, that disappointment can then really turn into a fear of, oh my God, they're out being disloyal to me. They're out being, um, they're out sleeping around with somebody else. They're out doing God knows what, right? And so God showed me what is the opposite of the unknown understanding? What is the opposite of lack of enlightenment? insight insight if i'm not enlightened now i'm enlightened i have insight if i didn't know now i have understanding and the opposite for me of disappointment is joy or love and so i said okay god i can recognize the opposite feelings of the negative ones but at the time when i was going through that reflection with the relationship in my life i didn't know how to get to the positive feelings so i asked god i said god how do i get from disappointment to love. That feels like a big jump when you're in the middle of something. And God was like, I'm so happy you asked <laughs> and gave me an answer that the the bridge to get to the positive, renewed energy, the new perspective, the new mindset is deep self-acceptance. And I didn't really understand why God gave me deep self-acceptance until I sat with him. And what he revealed to me, and I hope the Holy Spirit helps me to reveal it to you and that you hear it as powerfully as I heard it. I, at the time I was, I, at the time I was dealing with someone and it was something small now, but at the time, like they were texting me throughout the day, but I'm used to them calling. And so I didn't hear them on the phone that day. They text me and, you know, gave me updates all day, but I didn't talk to them on the phone. And so I was um, disappointed. There goes that word. And God showed me that the disappointment was actually a fear. I had a fear of being hurt. I had a fear that they were maybe sleeping around. I had a fear that they were out being disloyal to me. I had a fear that they were doing something that was dishonoring me or, or putting space between me and them. And I just had a fear of it. And I said, well, how do I get from disappointed? Because at the time I was very disappointed. I'm like, no, you know, we didn't, I didn't hear their voice today. Like, I'm disappointed and I had this strong, I, I guess I've been agreeing with fear for however long, maybe 10, 15, 20 years, I've been agreeing with fear and I didn't know how to get from disappointment or get from fear to love. I didn't know. And God said deep self-acceptance, deep radical self-acceptance, which means self-love. And I know that's a term that gets oversaturated in the marketplace. And we think self-love is painting our toenails and reading an inspirational book. No, God says deep self-acceptance, deep self-acceptance. And so what deep self-acceptance meant was having compassion for myself and having compassion for the uprooting process and leaning in. 
Oh, I hope I can explain this. So when I sat with God, I started to get overwhelmed because mm, we can love others because Christ first loved us. And I am going to get churchy now because this is how I get through through it, y'all. We can love others because we first have been greatly loved. And this is why it's so important to be in your sacred space. It's so important to pray. It's so important to delight yourself in the Lord. That's how you get the desires of your heart. You have to delight yourself in the Lord. And one of the synonyms for delight is pleasure yourself. Be satisfied. Be fulfilled in the Lord. You don't look for another person to fulfill what they can't fulfill. Only Christ can fill that void. Only God can fill that void. And so I had such a strong fear that, oh, my God, they're going to be doing something that's going to hurt our relationship. Why? Why won't they answer my phone call? Oh, girl. And to make it worse, when I called, they declined. It was like, oh, how dare you decline my call? Like, um, you're up to no good. Mm -mm, Nope. And God showed me to move from disappointment and to move from fear. I have to get to deep self-acceptance. Now that I've slowed down to realize that it's just a fear happening in my body that's making my heart close, I started to realize that God doesn't judge me because I've been agreeing with fear. That God just wanted me to slow down so that he could finally free me from it. He just wanted me to slow down so that he could finally free me from it. He just wanted me to slow down and ask some questions and sit with him so that he could finally free me from it. And there was no, you didn't get it right and you failed and you've been out here tripping this whole time and girl, you crazy. None of that. It was just, there's Sunday. I have so much love for you. The image that came to me when I was sitting with God was like, oh my God, we are really like sheep. (laughs) And you are the really good shepherd. And sheep just, bah, you know, (laughs) they just be all over the place, you know, going astray, just dumb, (laughs) to be honest. I was trying to be kind, just dumb. Sheep just be dumb. But the shepherd is always there. And the Bible says he'll leave the 99. Actually, I don't know if that's the Bible. That might be a song. But there's, in Christianese, there we go, Christianese, We always say he'll leave the 99 for the one. That this is scripture, that the eye, his eye is on the sparrow. His eye is on you. See the lilies of the field and how beautiful they are. Aren't you more important than the lilies? He will clothe you. See the sparrow, how it wakes up every day and doesn't worry where it's going to get its food from. God feeds the sparrow every day. Aren't you more important than the sparrow? These are scriptures. You are so loved. And when I sat there and I was like, well, damn God, like, you know, I get real. Damn God, like, I ain't see I was shooting myself in the foot like that. You mean like that? I was shooting myself in the foot. Damn, like, wow. I feel like a dumb sheep. (laughs) I feel like I probably could have had a richer dating life, more fulfilled, more happy, more of my wishes fulfilled, more fulfillment. 
if I wasn't so focused on disappointment, it's like a horse at a horse race. I, you know, I believe they have blinders on so they can't look to the right or the left. And when you are so focused on disappointment and you don't realize that the disappointment is rooted in a fear of rejection or fear of hurt or fear of pain. And so you have blinders on and you can't see that God actually has taken it off. God wants to take the blinders off. God wants to free you from it so you can actually get to joy. It's hard to get to to joy and love when you have blinders that are set on disappointment. Or think about a thermostat in your house. If you have AC in your home, when your house drops to a certain temperature, the heat kicks on. When your when your house gets to a certain hot temperature, the AC kicks on for some of us and <laughs> not all of us. And so your thermostat is set. Imagine if your thermostat for relationships has been set at disappointment and up under disappointment is really fear. It's been set at fear. And so you've been agreeing with fear and you're trying to have a loving, healthy relationship and you're praying like, God, help me be better. God, why you keep sending me these men that ain't no good? God, whatever those prayers are. And God is like your blinders, your thermostat, but we're not listening. We're not slowing down. We're just acting. Some of us are just automatically reacting. Some of us are just acting on fear and some of us are just acting on disengaging. And then we rinse and repeat with the next man. But God or woman, but God wants to free you from that. God wants to free you from that. And it takes accepting greater, a greater measure of love that he has for you. That's deep self-acceptance that, you know what? I made mistakes. You know what? I have been agreeing with fear, but I receive the overwhelming love of God that doesn't even beat me up because I've made a mistake. And when I can accept that, that the king of kings, the father of all fathers is not mad at me, doesn't hate me, doesn't feel like I'm a failure, you know, just wants me to get it right, just is cheering for me to get it right. Then I just got overwhelmed with tears because I'm like, man, I didn't even realize how hard I've been on myself. I haven't even had grace with myself to make mistakes in relationships. I have been really out here trying to be this perfect person. And my mirror is because I'm that hard on myself. Oh, my God. Imagine the men that try to date me. (laughs) You could forget it. There's no wiggle room. (laughs) Sweet, cute, all of that. But, ooh, buddy, you hung yourself. Blocked. (laughs) Never hear from me again. (laughs) It's not funny, but it's true. I've been here for a very long time. And God is like, I'm not blocking you. You've been agreeing with fear. And I just want you to know how much I love you and how much you don't need it. Let me take these blinders off. Wow, I love you. And once I started focusing on that, once I started focusing on that, then I could really delight myself in the Lord because I'm just loved by God. And this is something that it can't just be something you hear. Some of you are hearing me and you can hear how wonderful it sounds in my voice, but you don't have, it's not like hidden for you. I can feel that, but it's not hitting for you because the love of God is something you have to experience. You have to experience. It's not something you can conceptualize in your mind. There's some stuff that you have to feel. There's some stuff that can only be filled 
the void in you can only be filled with something you can feel. So many of us in today's world are chasing drugs. We're chasing a high. We're chasing, you know, feelings outside of God. But those feelings are temporary. Those euphoria feelings where you feel like, oh my God, everything's right in the world. And I just want to hug and I just want to love and I just want to make love and everything's happy and I feel good. And all of that stuff that we try to escape to or, or gain outside of ourselves with substances whoa you can have them in God that's the most euphoric high you could ever have when you receive the love of God when you when you get to experience God not as like a dictator who's telling you right and wrong and you did this wrong and now I'm going to punish you and like when you graduate from that level of looking at God as just a disciplinarian who's like out to get you and you can sit with God and experience like this overwhelming love of like girl I'm so happy you finally got it. Here you go. Here's extra love for you to receive for yourself. Once you can receive that greater measure of love from God, guess what? I can now love myself greater, which means that my mirror now, when I meet people, I have an even greater tub infinity pool of love for myself because I've received even more love from my creator, which makes me be able to carry out God's commandments, the greatest commandment, to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Those are the that's the greatest commandment, those two. But how can you love your neighbor as yourself when your cup for yourself is so small? You got a teacup. That's the only measure of love you allow yourself to receive from God is a teacup. And that's why I say the love of God has to be experienced because he's still bringing me to greater pools. And maybe I'm graduating from an infinity pool now and he about to put me in something else. I don't know, a baby lake. (laughs) So I can experience even a grander measure of his love so that I can have a greater capacity to love others. Because that's really what it's all about. But you can only love others to the capacity that you can love yourself. And even to prove further prove that point, God even says in... um, Mark, um, I was doing a Bible, a Bible reading today that I was studying it. Mark 20, I mean, Mark 11, verse 24, I believe in 25. I want to make sure that I'm getting the right verse. So I'm flipping here. Yeah. Mark 11, verse 23 and 24. And it specifically says like, um, if you believe you can say to this mountain, be uprooted and cast into the sea. And if you believe and have no doubt in your heart, it will be done for you. But um, it says to forgive those so that your father in heaven can forgive you, like forgive those that you've held on unforgiveness towards. So the father in heaven can hear you when you pray and not basically ignore you because you're holding on to unforgiveness for others. Ooh, ouch, which means you got to let it go. But when our teacup is so small of self-love, when we haven't been forgiving towards ourselves, when we haven't. Um, freed ourselves from our own fears (laughs) we're projecting it on other people and saying it's other people that are causing us to be that way but no that's the level of capacity limited capacity of love that we have for ourselves I hope that makes sense to you you can only forgive people and love your neighbor as yourself so forgiving your neighbor is really about forgiving yourself and some of us don't forgive ourselves. Some of us are hard on ourselves. Some of us 
we, we're not really at peace with ourselves. Some of us are disappointed with ourselves. Some of us haven't trusted ourselves. Maybe some on some deep level, this is coming to me right now and I'm just going to flow with it. Maybe on some deep level, I've downplayed my own fabulousness. <laughs> and I, I understand I'm not everyone's cup of tea or whatever, but maybe I've downplayed my own beauty. Maybe I've picked at myself and I know I've picked at myself and, oh, this is not right and this is not right. And I'm always talking down to myself. And maybe I'm doing that because I haven't received the greater measure of love from God that I'm feetfully and wonderfully made. I logically understand it, but I'm not walking in the body physicalness of being that scripture. It's just head knowledge. It's not in the body. And because I pick at myself and I don't think of myself super highly, then it's easy for me to be like, oh, he look good. Nah, he not about to do me right. Because I think of myself. Maybe I've been picking at myself. Maybe if I really, I don't know, leaned into my own fabulous nature of who God created me to be, feetfully and wonderfully made, maybe on some deep level, I feel like I would be a hoe out here in these streets. <laughs> Even though I know I wouldn't. <laughs> That's a fear, maybe. A lie that I accepted and this is why God wants to free us from these lies because they're just they're just based on nothing they're just not true they're just not true and we have to get up underneath that and demystify it and give it to God and let it go he so wants to free you from it this has been a very long episode okay longer than normal but I know that 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 the disappointments what was it the displeasures of disappointments or the delusions of disappointments. I just know that this episode was very powerful. It's something that you might have to pause and go back to and listen to again and again and again. And I hope to continue to refine the three steps for you and refine the process of how to identify the fear, how to walk through the fear and how to transform it and transmute it into from the negative into the equal positive feeling because that is the renewed mind. I know charmers that this was quite a mouthful, but go get your freedom. Live your best life. God wants you to walk in freedom and love and abundance, peace and prosperity. I'm praying that over you. I pray for you guys for real, for real daily. Let's go out here and be these fabulous queens. Let's manifest our heart's desires by delighting ourselves in the Lord, for he's truly directing and guiding our path. Let's forgive others because we really are forgiving ourselves. And let's learn how to receive a greater measure of love from God so that we can love ourselves greater and therefore love our neighbor as ourselves. And your neighbor is your husband, boo. Let's keep it real. Your neighbor is your employees. Your neighbor is your children. If you don't have it within yourself, how can you possibly give it to someone else? So we have to do our work, queens. We have to do our work, queens. That's how we are excellent queens. That is how we are excellent queens. That is how nations rise up and call us blessed. It says a Proverbs 31 woman, her children rise up and call her blessed. That's how they're going to do it because we're in our bag. When it comes to receiving great measures of love from God, we're in our bag when it comes to high level self-love and self-acceptance. And we're able to pour that great measure of love out to others. 
We cannot look for another person to fulfill it for ourselves. We have to sit with God and allow God to fulfill only what he put in us for only him to fulfill. That is the space for God to fulfill in our lives. And we'll be so much happier, so much richer, so much wiser, so much better for it. And I promise you, I just have this gut feeling that life is just going to unfold for a woman like this. A woman like this, she really don't, she just thinks something and it shows up. A woman like this, she just walks into the room and people are just giving her things. A woman like this is getting hit on all the time by men. Men are showing up and wanting to do for her, do for her, do for her, do for her, be in her energy, her presence, her aura, because she's a woman that sits with God. Why would they not? God's all over her. He's in her radiance and her countenance and her heart. She's compassionate. She's caring. She's kind. She's thoughtful. She's wise. <laughs> she's radiant. She's the living gift. I love you, Charmers. I'll talk to you soon. Ciao.